0: From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast.
1: Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go.
0: What's up, crew? It is April 27th, 2023. Time for another Clover Tack Podcast powered by our good friends over at MTM. Case Guard, probably get sick of me talking about them, but they do have a lot of cool stuff for pretty much anybody out there, whether you're into firearms, whether you're into archery or camping or whatever, uh, from the shooting tables to all the different various cases they have uh, for firearms, ammunition, arrows, you name it, the shooting tables, lots of cool stuff, and I invite you to go check that out. Just remember it is mtmcase-guard.com. Uh, once again, that's mtmcase-guard.com, and if you use the code CloverTac, that'll save you 10% on the stuff you just have to have. I want to uh, uh, bring in our guest here in a minute, Sean from We Like Shooting. Going to be a great conversation uh, before we get to that. A little more house cleaning, though. I uh, need to say thanks, of course, to the uh, Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those that shop, CloverTac.com, slash shop, appreciate all of you Uh, also remember as you're filing in live uh, or even if you're in replay, if you're live, then you can throw questions for our guests out there, put them out there. I'll flag them. Be patient. We'll get to those. If you are in replay, audio, video form, wherever you might be, there's probably comments below. You can participate in the conversation that way. Uh, And then finally, something that we uh, will likely, talk about moving forward on this podcast but proud to be uh, a member of the professional outdoor media association that is palma as well as the firearms radio network which we will uh undoubtedly talk about with uh, sean here shortly and also uh the newly founded rapid fire radio network and uh, shout out big thanks to cape gunworks uh, on that who is uh, powering that radio network Uh, and you can uh uh, let them know that you uh, appreciate that by hopping over on capegunworks.com. Uh, and if you do partake over there, again, use the code CloverTack. I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else. Let's get Sean in here. What's up, buddy?
1: What's happening, man? How you doing?
0: I'm, uh, I'm well, I'm doing good. good. Um, you know, I want to, I want to put you on the spot here. Okay. Uh, kind of right off the bat a little bit. Uh, I've expressed my thanks, but I haven't necessarily done it live. you, uh we were blessed enough to uh uh, just happenstance i think here what about a year ago now we were doing some traveling and ended up in your neck of the woods and you're like hey come over hang out and we got to talking and you ended up bringing uh this podcast uh into the fires radio network family and uh appreciate that thank you for uh the vote of confidence i guess hopefully we're not mucking up the works over there too much with this show but uh definitely appreciated uh you are always that uh you know as content creators we don't get to watch or partake of other firearm content creators content nearly as often as we'd like to because we're busy right busy doing our own thing um you know but for you it's definitely not a fanboy situation it's a it's a friend and a colleague situation you are as far as content creation you're one of the good ones i got a lot of respect and and uh you're you're a hard worker you're professional you're courteous uh and uh you yeah, know, I think I put you in the top tier list of, of those folks. So just going to bump up your ego a little bit there. Son, <laughs> the very first of the show. So
1: that's okay. I'll, I'll beat myself up after this. <laughs> right. Um, I appreciate that, man.
0: Oh man. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, give a little background. I mean, there may be people that have lived under a rock for however long now, not familiar with who you are and what you do, but you wear a lot of different hats. So, uh, just give us a little overview real quickly here. And, uh, we'll get into some other, uh, a BS session, I guess later on as we move forward, but kind of introduce yourself if you don't mind.
1: Yeah. I, like you said, my name's Sean. Um, I do a podcast called we like shooting. Uh, this is, we're going into our 10th year right now. And, uh, apparently some people listen to it and like it, and that's good. And then also YouTube and social media and just kind of everything else under the sun that's possibly there. About six years ago, I bought the firearms radio network uh, from the guy who founded it and really honestly got me my start in podcasting. uh, And just have really tried to put a lot of time, effort, energy, and, and grow that uh, for all the member shows that are, that are on the network. And, you know, between all of those different things, it leads to a lot of late nights. But uh, it's the best life I've ever lived, so I'm pretty stoked about it overall.
0: Well, it's there's something to be said about. I've never been one, and I have, I have been a an actual member of the workforce out there, uh, contrary to what a lot of people may <laughs> think. But I do not do well with a thumb on with somebody over me telling me that you know, you've got to do it this way and you've got to do it now and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thankfully I was blessed to kind of find my groove and start a business, you know, good Lord, what, 98, I guess, which I sold in, in 2018. But, um, you know, that was, that ruined me. Um, uh, yeah. you know, if, if this didn't work out, if the, if the 20 years of that hadn't, hadn't worked out and afforded me the, the opportunity to come on and do content creation and do other things, I don't know what I would do because, um, I would have a different job every week, I think, cause I would tell people to go where they could stick it. My bosses, <laughs> I would tell them that and leave and go to another job. It would be ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I know, I know that feeling, man. I, w- I was in the corporate world forever and, um, I worked uh, for a bunch of different it companies. I was a software engineer forever and I left that and it was really scary at first even though I was pretty excited and like I'd been doing wheelie shooting and I knew that I wasn't going to like starve to death or anything, but now I just, you know, I've still got friends at work at the place that I left and they're constantly just like, Oh yeah, this is going on and it's terrible and I hate it. And I'm like, yeah, uh, that's, that stinks because life is pretty great here on the outside. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and with the content creation thing, Uh, And you spoke about this, what a gun con, I think. And and I expressed my appreciation for that too when you brought it up about, you know, the changing in policies and how we have to pay attention to that. And, you know, we have to learn the navigation and we have to work with the platforms and things to a certain extent if we can. Um, How has that been a challenge for for you guys? Because you've been around a little longer and doing things, I think, than I have. How's that been a challenge for you guys?
1: You know, it's actually... Everyone's like, wow, you guys kind of have it made doing the podcast stuff. And, you know, I I 100% agree, but it was never like it was that was the plan, right? Like we wanted to do media in everything, just the podcast was the thing that took off for us. Mm -hmm. So I put all the time and effort and energy into that. And the great thing about podcasts is like it's really tough for outside entities, third party tech platforms, anything to really shut us down. Right. Um, It's one of the very few federated. Uh, mechanisms that people can that people can find you on because you own your feed. and because we own our feed, it's really hard to shut us down. And if they do, like we'll just put it somewhere else and people can subscribe to it and download it. And you know, I, there 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 are ways to shut it down, but ultimately, uh, we've just gotten really lucky. So when YouTube demonetized everybody, uh The Gun Apocalypse or the Adpocalypse, I guess it's referred to. It didn't really affect us because I never monetized our YouTube channel, right. And they deleted a bunch of people's channels not too long ago. I was like, well, if it happens, it happens because we don't make money there. We figured out a bunch of different ways to do it. So it hasn't affected us individually, but of course, we are part of a greater community, and I care right. what happens to our our peers. so yeah it's uh it's been overall positive doing the podcast thing. Uh, but I am aware of all the things that go on.
0: Well, one thing that that I've been doing for a while, and it hurt up until we had our conversation at your house last year. Anyway, um, that kind of solidified it, and I started thinking about it a little heavier. Was you know this podcast, and even though we do record live, you know, on the YouTube, and then it pushes out in the audio world, it's primarily for the audio world, right? We record it here for the live audience engagement, uh, and for those that just have to have the video, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you this gets this more traction i think in the audio podcast world um but you know one of the things for a while is i just turned the monetization off altogether and we were completely dependent upon youtube channel members patreon patrons those that were kicking in uh those are shopping the store things like that right Mm -hmm. um to kind of fund things and keep things going uh, and then I got to thinking, man, it's the ad dollars that companies and especially companies you're friends with. Right. You already work with in the industry and that sort of thing. They spend thousands and thousands of dollars a year on ad, you know, ads and, and other things. Um, it's just a matter of approaching them and saying, hey, why don't you, you know, we work together. We we know each other. We're, we're friends. Why don't you kick a few bucks my way for this podcast? Right. Um, and then that takes a lot of the pressure off uh, with having to worry about what you do, what you say. You know that sort of thing,
1: yeah, I totally agree, and that's been a thing like we are very upfront, first of all, we're really picky about the companies we work with, but we are very upfront with them about who we are and that we will not change, and that they can you know if they decide after a year or six months or even a month that they that we're just a little bit too edgy for them doesn't matter doesn't matter. It's built into the contract correct right. like, you can you can walk away at any time uh but they know. they're getting in bed with right uh, so it's uh it's been actually kind of nice and freeing and we have contacts with so many companies you know this Mm -hmm. you you were just talking about like now it's it's you you develop these these relationships over years and decades even and then you work together because the people that you know and you're friends with like they're good people and you want to do a great job for them so yeah
0: well, uh-huh. you know, if you if you can't do business with your friends, who are you going to do business with, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the kind of the way it goes. And um, yeah, I've I don't I don't know where else to, where else necessarily to go with that. Kicking back on the on the podcast thing though, talking about that for a minute. Yeah. You know, I, I think that one reason you talked about how it's kind of hard to nail down and and really regulate. Uh, or get as, as stringent, I guess, on policy with podcasts. And I think one of the reasons is the podcast world, a lot of people don't realize this, is so fluid. You put out that podcast in the audio podcast world, and you've got you know that RSS feed, and there's people, there's there's platforms that pick up on that RSS feed that you or need, or aren't even aware that exist. It's fun sometimes to Google your own podcast and see what pops up, and you're like, I've never heard of this place before, like, <laughs> Yes. Mom, Mom's Famous Radio dot com podcast yep. site. It's like, what in the world's going on here, right? And because it's, it's more. I don't know if it's more like a uh, what a blockchain. You know, that's a real popular thing now with all the tech and blockchain and stuff. And I don't know if it's more of a it's similar to that nature, where it's not really centralized, and so um, it's really hard for platforms to control that type of of a medium.
1: Yeah. It is, which I'm sure they're they're upset about. Uh, someone reminded me in the chat that that we had some problems with Amazon. Uh, I used Amazon for hosting a portion of the podcast once, and they shut the account down. And within I don't know seven minutes, I think I had it all pointed somewhere else and right. posting the files. It was, it was, it was a glitch. It was a, a minor annoyance in my day, honestly. Mm. And yeah, podcasts are. You know, when we started our podcast 10 years ago, in my mind, podcasts were old already. Like they were, it was already a, a, just a mature platform. It was a thing. I watched tech podcasts constantly. And now we're 10 years later and everybody's like, oh my God, podcast is a revolution. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's It's, been a revolution for going on 15 years plus now.
0: Yeah. There, there has been though. and, And I think, I think COVID, I think the lockdowns and stuff definitely contribute to it um but there's been a renaissance there's definitely been a resurgence i think Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think it's a few things um i'm hesitant to say ease of facilitation and you know this all too well there's a lot of work that goes in preparation scheduling behind the scenes you know the tech side my camera's glitching now (laughs) folks out there know every now and then it'll glitch out this is a brand new camera i bought a week after we got back from shot show uh And I don't know what's going on with it. Uh, you know, hey, I'm a slacker. I should probably go just buy another camera and be done with it. Um, but there's a lot of feel But it's, it's with the policies, right, with distribution, with those RSS feeds, with, you know, it's once you get used to it, once you get the foundations laid down on it, um, it's fairly easy to facilitate. I wouldn't say it's mm-hmm. terribly difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've always got a lot of moving pieces, but at the end of the day, I sit here at this microphone and I hit record. And then after I'm done saying what I need to say and the guys uh, that I do the podcast with are done saying what they need to say, I press stop. And then, you know, now we've got like a a kind of a big production engine behind us, uh, which I plan to expand even more. But back in the day it was, you know, I would I would edit it myself. It would take me 8 9 hours to edit the episode the day after. Then I hired an editor for years. Now we just do it live and there's no editing on it. And then, you know, we upload it and post it in a couple different places and that's it. But like ultimately the the fundamental uh sitting down and just pressing record and then uploading the file when I'm done, like that that is podcasting and that's yeah. When you just essentially strip away everything else. Uh, there's a, there's a beauty to it, and uh, the I think that's what makes it so hard for for tech companies and and the like to control, is because right. it is so simple, and I think that's why it's pushing so hard now, because everyone's got opinions on things, and this is a way and a mechanism that people can use to share those opinions, and maybe if two people listen, that's great. If if two hundred thousand a month listen, that's even better. But it's a uh, People have a lot to say, and I think social media has stopped us from being able to say it as easily, and we all, we all feel like we need to live up to some expectation of us, but podcasting isn't that. Podcasting is sitting down, pouring your heart out, and then pressing upload.
0: Right, and, and it's, you know, there's structure to it. Um, the, the We Like Shooting podcast, for example, is, is an excellent, if you're looking at, at starting one, I would say, is an ex- excellent example to check out as far as the structure. Right, of a podcast, especially a multi panelist podcast. Um, but aside from again that structure and that foundation, the vast majority, I mean, look at Joe Rogan or Dave Rubin or look, look at whoever, you know, as out there in the in huge, huge, huge in the podcast world. Um, and it's a conversation, it's what we're doing here. Uh it's not that difficult to pull off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you suck at talking to other people, then just sit down and record a podcast by yourself. That's, that's That's one of the great things, right? Yeah. 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 Or don't record live. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Edit it. Uh, Use Fiverr to have people edit it for you. Like there's so many options, but yeah, it is a conversation. And I think that's one of the things that I enjoy the most. You know, we don't have as many guests on as we used to. Uh, I always thought we needed to do that to, to drive awareness, but we've gotten to a point now where we don't necessarily drive that as much but it's still just a conversation between five bros that want to sit down and just like make fun of each other for 4 hours or whatever.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I think you've got different you've got different types of audience. I mean, we I've had this conversation with folks in the past. You've got yeah, you've got those that, you know, they're only going to tune in if you've got a big name guest. You've got those that are only going to tune in if you're talking about a company or a brand or a product that they're interested in, right? But especially as time goes on and as you get many under many under your belt, you get people that tune in and it's more of a, what is it? It's more of a personality thing. They're tuning in for the personalities on the podcast, right? That's what they're, they're interested in. The topic could be anything and Ghost Tactical and I have kind of proven that concept with the new podcast we launched, uh, coming out of SHOT Show, um, which we just dropped, uh, another one Sunday. So go check that out if you, uh, if you want over, uh, Ghost in, uh, Clover channel on youtube or an audio podcast world you can check those out but i think we may have talked about guns it's divided into three segments uh, each podcast and i think we may have talked about gun related stuff twice in four episodes you know what i mean yeah and people still show up and they still engage and they, they're still excited about it and they still listen and it's like we're not even you know we're we're Gun tubers, so to speak, and we're not even talking about guns the mass majority of the time. So that's a proven concept that people just like a conversation about things that are interesting, I think,
1: yeah, one hundred percent. I think the the podcasting is the the most intimate delivery mechanism of of media that a person can really consume because of just how it is, right? Like when people are listening to podcasts, it's going to be in the car by themselves sitting at their desk with earphones in at the gym, listening to whatever it happens to be. And because of that, like the, just the, you know, the whispering sweet, nothing's into the ear mm-hmm. and I am a podcast consumer. So like I get this more than anybody and I'm just speaking about my own personal experience. You like start to feel like, you know, them. And right. because podcasting people can be more real, I think, uh, it just, you, you start to feel like, you know, them and you're, and, and that you're like a part of that conversation. And even with guns, which I think, uh, especially like places like California and Illinois and things like that, mm-hmm. you can't really just go talk about like your newest gun with your buddy at work or whatever right. it seems to be. So you, we lack that outlet, that, that emotional outlet to share the things that we're excited about and podcasts, I think, um, really, really do take that place and that role for a lot of people.
0: Well, I think also it, it affords the opportunity to live, sort of live vicariously through somebody else, especially if you're in that situation where you have a roster, you have these draconian regulations in play, or maybe even it's just a socioeconomic issue of some sort, right? Like mm-hmm. you own one firearm, that's all you own. You can't really, you know, that's your you know home protection or whatever. You can't really afford to own anything else, yeah. but you can listen to all these other people talk about all the cool stuff and their experiences, right? Um And at the end of the day, that's an educational opportunity as well.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. There's, a, there's so many great reasons to listen to podcasts and so many different kinds of podcasts. Some are storytelling, some are mm-hmm. bros sitting around, some of them are news. Like, yeah, it's just, it is the, it's the next revolution in and, yeah. and content, I think. Yeah. Which is uh, weird to say for a 15-year-old technology.
0: Right. Uh, channel out there says, be, uh, you brought this up earlier, it says being real people and not some fake personalities, what it's about. Yeah. And when you record live, it's really hard to do that. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. really, really <laughs> hard to be fake live, especially.
1: Oh, God. Uh, some people do it, though. I know plenty of people that do it.
0: You can. Um, but, you know, one of the things, you know, talking about you know the intimate conversation, uh, you know, uh, living vicariously, making it interesting, and One of the feels, um, you know, this the format that I use here, I've been doing for a very long time. Maybe from the first live stream I ever did, uh, the concept I wanted to have, first live stream with a guest, the concept I wanted to have is I had listened to so many and been a part of so many, both sides of that coin, uh, conversations in a gun shop at the gun counter. Maybe I'm not in that conversation. Maybe I'm down at the end of the counter, but I'm listening to these two old, guys talking about this and it's just listening to that is is awesome and then being a part of that is awesome and i wanted the same feel, right with what i do here so it's just finding that niche finding that groove finding what makes you happy what you're good at what you're great at the the flow i guess in how you talk and and communicate uh and just finding that that format that works for you as far as a podcast and running with it
1: yeah absolutely and that's that's the great thing and the great freedom i mean youtube is the same way right like you can you can be you and do the thing but podcasting there's just something different about the way people consume it that changes the the relationship between podcaster and audience
0: right uh that ghost out there he says my question uh please tell me sean is drinking a halfway melted wendy's frosty the best ever that's a starbucks it looks like
1: it is a starbucks yeah I, I haven't had a chance to finish my coffee yet so it's like room temperature at this point but you, you know
0: you liberal snowflake drinking the uh, starbucks there
1: you yeah. know starbucks is the biggest employer of gold star <laughs> families uh, in the country uh, so <laughs> yeah i'm supporting the military Clover. there
0: you go yeah <laughs> no, i hear you um i've never been a coffee drinker up until i don't know very recently i mean maybe six eight months ago and my wife's a huge coffee drinker. And um, so I'm, I'm definitely familiar with Starbucks. I definitely partake of my uh, caramel frappuccino from time to time from, uh-huh. uh, uh, from Starbucks. Uh, I haven't nailed down my hot coffee from Starbucks. I got to figure that out. We tried that, actually. We rolled into a SHOT Show this year, <laughs> rolled into Vegas. And uh, it was early in the morning when we rolled in. And, and you're aware and a lot of other folks. We drive straight through. It's part of the fun it's to you know, leave east texas and straight shot you know Ugh. and so we roll into vegas at you know it's early in the morning it's seven eight o'clock or something like that and uh she didn't even have to ask but you know what about past the starbucks like there we go but hey, let's go in and sit down and she's like let's work on a hot coffee let's sit and i don't know we spent like 50 bucks and i thought they probably thought we were crazy because there was so much stuff on the table we just poured out but uh bless her heart, she tried. That's all yeah. I can say. But I could not nail it down and ended up getting the caramel frappuccino. <laughs> that time it was sent the first thing in the morning, but you know, it worked.
1: Yeah, they're delicious. Like i mine is very very boring. It's coffee and milk. No sweetener, or nothing, just coffee and milk. That's it. Right.
0: But right. so boring.
1: I, I don't like hot coffee. I don't I don't like hot drinks actually. So, I, it's always iced. Uh, so night, but...
0: so I was really big into like I said I didn't drink I would drink hot coffee. Again, talking about working in the in the regular world years ago, I was a mechanic, so you know you're outdoors or at least in a shop with the bay doors up, and then when it's cold, it's cold, yeah. and so I've choked down coffee before out of necessity just because I was cold um, but I was all about some hot chocolate, right i could I could definitely do the hot chocolate, and um i can I can do hot coffee now here at the house. We found a variety of different syrups and sweeteners and, of course, half and half and some other things, right? Uh, and so while I don't do hot coffee away from the house currently, uh, yeah, there's a pot in there right now. So
1: that's awesome.
0: I've definitely I'm definitely figured out that. And the beauty is, and when I figured it out, it was so awesome because the hot chocolate, it's like, okay, you got to put the milk in there and you're gonna, you got to pour the powder in there and you turn. We had a little machine that made it, right? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of time consuming in a way, Uh, but I can set the coffee pot up. It's got a timer. It's ready when I wake up in the morning. I poured in a cup, a couple of shots of the syrup, right? A little splash of the half and half, and it's ready to go. It's good to go. And it's like, this is so easy, right? It is. How come I wasn't doing this before? I don't understand. And don't get me wrong. Still love me some hot chocolate. But it's like, it's just too easy.
1: (laughs) It is. It's great. (laughs) And I need that caffeine to get me through the day, I think.
0: Right. The ghost out there, he's a hot chocolate fan for sure. He's a hot (laughs) chocolate for the win. And I got a rip on him because we did one night. It was late one night we went to uh, a Starbucks uh, during shots this year. And of course I got my caramel frappuccino and he got a hot chocolate and I have tried the hot chocolate from Starbucks and I don't like it; it is
1: nasty. Oh yeah. I've never tried it, but it it doesn't seem like something they would be good at. They'd make it all hipstery.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 it's bougie. It's very bougie. Uh, and it's like, you don't need all that. Um, Let's get back. Let's get back on track here. We got uh, Josh out there. He did throw a question out. He said, "What was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome taking uh, on the Firearms Radio Network?" Hmm. And I know that when we had our conversation, you were working on trying to revamp some things even then.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think well, there was two things. A is I didn't have time for the Firearms Radio Network, but I also didn't want it to fall into like someone's hands that was an idiot. So. Uh, I did, th- I took it on and time was a big thing, but I think ultimately as much as I love Jake, who started the firearms radio network that when, when I was handed it, it was a effing disaster, like the, the back end and the tech behind it was like absolute trash and garbage and it was hard to post things and it was, it took forever to add shows and there was no advertising and it brought in no money. We like shooting has supported the firearms radio network financially, uh, until the last year. Uh, where FRN has paid for itself, but just getting the systems architecture and everything working uh, and having it be easy to set up new shows and publish and everything Mm -hmm. was the biggest challenge and one that, that I've really, really spent a lot of time dialing in and now it's pretty easy and it's even going to get easier. I've got some new stuff that I've been testing for about six months now just as far as audio processing and automatic uploading and things like that, that, that right. I'll be launching to the shows over the next few months. Um, nice. yeah, it was, it was definitely the tech. It was garbage.
0: Yeah. I've, um, uh, um, I uploaded it uh, just last night, I uploaded the podcast from yesterday and I mean a couple of minutes, I mean, yeah. if you, like, if I've got the right tabs open, right. Cause there's a lot nope. of copy and paste and whatever, but you know, a couple of minutes, I mean, show notes, the, the, boilerplate show note right copy the show notes the specific show notes from the youtube side from the live stream like this copy the boilerplate from the previous podcast you know the rss feed or the whatever you want to call it the link in there uh you guys already have the pictures and everything up i just have to pick them and go put the title in click publish you're done i mean it's very very simple and i also like the way that Times radio works um, cause you can scroll through and look and, and for those that don't know, there's tons of podcasts on there. So mm-hmm. definitely go check it out. You're going to find something you like. I promise. Uh, may not be my podcast, but you're going to find something you like on there. Uh, but I like the way that you can scroll through right there on the homepage and see all that, but it's got the current, the most recent stuff, right? Yeah. at the Top and it makes navigation really easy. So, you know, you could hit for the listener out there or whatever, uh, well, viewer, I guess you can hit that firearms radio every day. Just about and go, oh, OK, there's a new episode of this and a new episode of that, because a lot of the the problems that that go on is people don't know. Right. They don't get notification. And I know YouTube has issues with that and has for years, but all platforms have uh, have issues with with mm-hmm. notifying folks. So it's really easy to go and see if there's something new. Hey, is there something new to listen to here? And you guys have it right there front and center, which is cool
1: even better is the fact that podcasts, once you subscribe to it, it downloads automatically to your phone. And we have the firearms radio network, all feed, which is, uh, right there on the front page, subscribe to all shows. You could literally subscribe to the network and then all the new shows will just automatically show up on your phone. This is
0: true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking more of a listening to that thing. I don't download podcasts. Uh, I do sure. the stream and the and listen, but yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely valid, valid point. Uh Josh out there says Sean, being in the IT industry previously, it's like having the cheap codes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, bit. it is. Because the industry's like so technologically uh behind, I think, like at least five years behind the other industries. So it was just always the thing that that helped me set us ahead was having that tech background and being able to like utilize new technologies immediately as they come up. Mm -hmm.
0: Now talking about the issues when you, when you took it over, I mean, now, uh, anybody that pays any attention or kind of looks at the site or those IT can, can kind of tell that, but kind of runs off, uh, you know, WordPress, of course. Mm -hmm. Was it on that previously or was it some weird WordPress is pretty easy with the plugins and everything else nowadays to, to set up. Uh, was it something totally different that you had to switch over to?
1: So before the engine underneath it ran off of WordPress, but it also had a public facing site. So before you would have to publish everything in two places, oh, you okay. would have to do WordPress, which drove all the RSS feeds and then Squarespace, which was the kind of front facing and square. Wow. I hate Squarespace with a fiery passion. Uh, but now I have got it all in one place and the engine behind it drives the front end as well and uh so yeah it was it was crazy it was i hated it
0: yeah that's uh that's not inconvenient at all uploading the multiple and you know that's a great segue but real quick chris out there Chris from 740 uh, says i was not subscribed (laughs) to we like shooting but i am now shame on you chris shame on you
1: Oh boy, you're in for it now. We literally yeah. Uh, they they're warning you in the chat and they're smart.
0: Yeah. Right. Um but where was I going to go with that? Chris threw me off. Shame on you, Chris. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. Um now what I was going to do is I was going to I was going to move that into um the videos like the YouTube like the farm reviews like the yeah. the stuff like that. Um did that was that something that was kind of always done or you seen it oh this is an extension of the podcast or and where does that rank as far as your favorite things to do in content creation
1: yeah so we started off doing video and then the podcast took traction and we stopped and then we brought video back but we've so our youtube channel our original youtube channel poor thing has gone through all these different phases so I think YouTube never knew how to categorize it because we would have our podcast on there. So we're talking like two and a half hours and then we have multiple shows and then we would do a video review and it never knew who to serve it to. And eventually after consulting with many of our peers and, uh, you know, people that had formerly worked at YouTube, they were like, yeah, that channel is never going to do anything. Like it's never going to perform no matter how good the content is, no matter how good the, the thumbnail and the titles are it's probably just best to start over. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was always uh, something that I wanted to do and not because I want people to know my face. In fact, I'm the exact opposite. I would prefer to sit in the shadows, but it is an it's a natural extension, right? So if I talk about a gun on the podcast, it's fantastic mm-hmm. to be able to go over and watch that gun being reviewed on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So I, I took the really tough choice to, uh, create a brand new youtube channel called dangerous freedom and uh it is really just an offshoot of the we like shooting brand but allows that and it's it's been kicking butt and just doing really great considering how brand new it is and uh we've been working really hard at it and you asked which is my favorite thing to do i think the podcast because i get to hang out with with the guys uh, yep. but the video stuff is super rewarding and uh my fiance, soon to be wife is the one who's doing the video editing and the filming and stuff. So we get to work on that together. And it's like been really fun for us to just like explore that creativity together. Right. Right.
0: Now, as far as, uh, as far as shows, uh, you guys make a a lot of the different ones, uh, didn't see you at NRA. I'm guessing you guys didn't make that one, right?
1: No. In fact, I traveled so much last year that I've been trying to lessen it this year and just go to the stuff that I really think moves the needle for us. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that's that's valid, uh, and and I talked to you know Chris from the Seven Forty out there, for example, is is one for his first year at shot show this year, um, so there's a lot of lot of up and coming. I'm going to say newer uh, creators out there, you know. And one of the things that I'll say to them is is you really got to all of this costs money. In case nobody has gotten that or understands that yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so especially when you're traveling. Now, eventually, you can get to the point where you can get you know sponsorships you can get folks in the industry to kick in to kind of help offset some of those costs a little bit mm-hmm. uh, but until that point you're footing that travel and those hotel bills and in the air the air travel everything else you're footing yourself so you really got to look and i still do uh i look at roi there's like for example i've never been to iv8888 i've you know there's uh, up until last year was it last year year before last i'd never been to uscca uh, there's several i would never been to because I was kind of gauging off of what I'd heard from other creators, not from, and other serious creators. Let me back up, <laughs> right? Yes. Because let's, there's different types of creators and my camera's locked up. So forgive me for that. But um, the, um, the ROI, I've got to look at the ROI on it. Yes. And, and the way I gauge the ROI is, uh, let me see if I can. Stop cam and start it back up. Nope. We're locked up and I don't know why. Um, if the way that I look at the ROI and I'm curious about your approach to when you say if it's worth it, right. Mm -hmm. Um, is I look at the, how much of the industry is there versus how much of the creator, how how many other creators are there? Yeah. And for me, I want there to be exponentially more of the industry, like a shot show, for example, right? You got, uh, how many four thousand boosts, five thousand yeah. boosts, and maybe a couple thousand, three thousand media in all facets,
1: right? Yeah. And I so for me, that's a, that.
0: probably because again, you talk about putting um you talk about putting those creators in different categories. So <laughs> you know, well, yeah, probably so. some go just to hang out. Let's be honest. That's what they do. Yep. Um as far as those shows, which one is SHOT Show the, the big one for, for you? Is that the one that's, hey, we have to do this every year without fail?
1: No, I think, in fact, it's one of my least favorite, ultimately. really, Yeah. Um, so when I talk about moving the needle and, you know, how do, how do I make sure that it provides value? Uh, the thing about SHOT Show is, like, all the vendors that are there. I mean, let me go back even further. Why, why do we go to events? Well, being seen... And being part of a community is a big thing. Um, then meeting with existing, uh, company companies that you have existing relationships with is, is another factor to that. Uh, seeing your peers, uh, other content creators is another factor of that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately at SHOT Show, there's, there's so much traffic and so much, uh, signal to noise ratio for companies that. I don't get a whole lot of value out of it. Right. Cause you'll talk to a company and they'll be like, yeah, we're absolutely going to do this. And you get back and you can't ever get them to return an email or something. Right. Um, so while I do enjoy shot show to strengthen existing relationships uh, on occasion, you know, we'll, we'll make a new contact or something like that. But ultimately it's just a lot of the same masturbatory nonsense that this industry seems to to love itself so much for so, right? You talk about IV eighty eight eighty eight like that. Uh, you know, I, I love those guys, uh, but you know how much how much value do I get out of it? I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, the gundies like I can't think of a bigger load of nonsense. Like, uh, look how cool we are, club that I have no desire to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, Gun Con. Uh, that, that is the one that the next one that we'll be at here in June. And I think that there's a lot of value there. I think John Patton from the gun collective really gets the events. And, uh, I think that it's honestly, it's a really good event, not just for the vendors, but also for the creators that go, I think just overall last year, it was my most valuable show just as far as relationships and, uh, revenue potential. Right. So that, that is one of them. And honestly, like it's fun to go shoot other people's ammunition, but at some point, like it cost me five grand basically to take the WLS crew to an the event. The crew, yeah, 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 and, and way more f-
0: than a single creator for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. At uh, the first couple of years, uh, like our first two shot shows, I paid four out of my own pocket for all of us to go, hotels, flights, everything, because WLS wow. money, like I paid yeah. for it all, yeah, and uh so now i just kind of look at it like that some of the smaller shows like primary arms range day i think uh, was reasonably valuable i didn't go this year uh, i they've kind of hitched themselves to the nra show and i see zero value in the nra show except for that's the time where we get to see most of our listeners but mm. by investing in gun con i don't have to support the nra i don't have to pretend like the nra is cool and I right. can actually like, you know, meet our listeners that go to the to an event and not have to uh you know swallow my pride to hang out with the NRA. Right.
0: And I've seen content coming out of Gun Con. I've never been. Uh, mm-hmm. but I've seen content coming out of Gun Con and it looks like a pretty good a pretty good place to be for a creator to me.
1: In my opinion, yes, there's, there's yeah. big value there. Uh, several panels this year will be the first multiple panel, uh, Gun Con that there is. And, uh, people buy tickets. I think they're, they may be sold out now, but, uh, you can buy tickets and kind of show up and watch the panels and visit the companies. And then there's a industry only range day. That's really about valuable for creators. And yeah, so like I, I try to focus on the stuff like that—the people who get it, the ones where I can actually derive value, not just personally but professionally.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, uh, snob out there, he says Sean was kind of nice about the Gundies. I wouldn't have said it so nice, <laughs> so, Snob out there, he's got uh, he's got some harsh opinions about the uh, the gun. I think the concept and the idea is good. I think it's just more—it's a glorified uh cool kids club type, like you said, thing. Um, it's less about the content and more about let's kind of all hang out, um, and it's more about popularity than. Because let's be let's be honest. I mean, if you've got a, a good following, you might not be the best reviewer on YouTube, but if you've got a million subscribers and your competition only has ten thousand or a hundred thousand, who do you think is going to win that? <laughs> It's pretty pretty yeah, obvious.
1: It's like who can drive the the biggest. And you know like I really like the guys behind the Gundies. I just honestly Oh yeah, just, yeah,
0: I've had them on the podcast before. Yeah.
1: I, I they're good dudes and And I, they I, did I expand
0: like into 2A, which is great. That's one of the things I brought up years ago, I think the very first one when I had them on. And I like you guys don't have a 2A category like what's what's going on here? Like you need that.
1: Yeah. And it's good and I re- I really like them. but honestly like I don't watch the Oscars either. Because no, I don't, true. I don't want to watch a bunch of people sit around, and get drunk, and like just pretend, like talk about how cool I, they are.
0: A hundred percent. I don't watch the Oscars. I don't watch the Grammys. I don't award yeah. shows. Like I'm not into award shows. Yeah. And I know there's, I know there's people that are, but not my, not my bag for sure. Uh, now Josh is asking about the uh, AZ Fires Festival.
1: Um, growing, but I, I get very little business value out of it. I get to hang with listeners and stuff, which is always my favorite part of it. But the way that they do things are even a little bit less valuable than some other events that we go to Mm -hmm. just because it is open to the public. And like, there is no way to say this without sounding like a pompous dickhead, but Ultimately, if I have to stand in line for 30 minutes to shoot every gun, I get very little business value out of it. And since business is paying for me to go to the event, like it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And again, like I got to talk to a bunch of people hanging out in lines and that was really cool. And I really got value out of that. But when I need to cover all the different guns, but I'm standing in line for 30, 40 minutes for every single one of them, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's tough to get that, that, that business purpose for being there.
0: Yeah. And it can get that way with industry at the, at the industry day at the range was shot. You know, it can get that way. Like, you know, one of the things that I I enjoy and they weren't even, I don't even think they were there this last, this year, uh, is the full auto Chris Vector. Like that's what I'll stand in line to shoot that because I don't get to shoot that anywhere else. (laughs) So it's like, I'll stand in line for that. Uh, but very little other stuff. And, and I think the same goes, uh, can be said about the actual trade, shows themselves right not the range days mm-hmm. um i see so many people that waste time they walk into a booth and and i know this because i'm walking the floor doing my thing and i see somebody just standing there in whatever booth Heck, let's pick mtm case cards since uh, they power the podcast <laughs> they're they're standing there at the edge of the booth and they're just standing there and it's mm-hmm. like what's up and it's like oh i'm waiting on so and so you know to try to do and it's like why don't you go somewhere else, an adjacent booth that's close and work that? Why don't you get B-roll or pictures or so, why are you just standing here with your arms crossed? Like, <laughs> like I've got an ROI, right? Even if, you know, even if, and, and I think a lot of the industry that I work with knows this when they when they kick in and they help out with things. Number one, I'm frugal. So I'm. it's not like I'm going to say, hey, you know, if you'll sponsor my trip to this event, you know, put me up in the Ritz Carlton and send hookers and blow to my door every night. You know, that's not me. It's like, Hey, I found a reasonable Airbnb, you know, can you cover that? Can you do this? So, you know, I'm not looking to spend any more of their money than I, than I have to. Um, and it's because I'm there to work at the end of the day. If you don't work, there is no ROI. And it, it aggravates me when I run into people like that, that are just standing there. It's like, do something do something
1: yeah we're we're cheap too uh oh i'm sorry you said frugal uh (laughs) uh, you know i'm i'm getting up at three in the morning and flying coach on frontier and staying airbnb's and like yeah because whatever the cheapest ticket is that's what we're flying yeah
0: yeah well that's one of the reasons we drive to shot I mean it it that was the original reason. let me back up that was the original reason as we looked and it was like, okay, take my wife and and you know that's that gives me first of all, it's fun, mm-hmm. and, but then second of all, um you know you've kind of got some support, you've got some help and things there if you if you need certain things um but you know you look into two tickets and tickets to Vegas pretty much wherever you live, are usually fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one good thing about about shot show i think but yeah. even at that by the time you did the tickets and then my wife and me going i could cram all my stuff into a backpack not a problem <laughs> my wife going there's going to be checked luggage so then you got these fees and you got this feed you got you know then you get there and you got to rent a car right then you get because she's not going to do you know either that or you're trying to uber everywhere and if she's wanting to go see some sites while i'm on the floor well I'm not, I don't know how comfortable I am with her, (laughs) with her doing, you know, Ubers all day by herself. Plus there's Mm -hmm. the money you spend on that, which we probably could have rented a car anyway. Yeah. And you've got all these costs that just go into that. Um, and it was like, Hey, you know what? If we can drive this, first of all, it's a road trip, road trip. Right. So you've got the, the fun and the adventure that goes along with that. But it's like, you know, you get a car that gets 30 to 40 miles to the gallon. Right. Fuel is not a big deal. Um, You can drive straight through. Now, we don't drive straight back. <laughs> we we stay at least one night, if not two, on the way back. After a full week of shot, you have to. Yep. Um, But driving th- there, you're excited. So it's it's pretty easy to drive straight through. Well, that saves money. You don't have an overstay with hotels or anything like that. Definitely. Um, and it's just as opposed to flying. Now, the first year I went to shot, I was by myself. Uh, and I did exactly what you're saying. Actually, what I did is I mailed. I mailed my clothes and everything in two flat rate boxes, which I could get for the cost of checking a bag Yo. to a buddy in Arizona who was going to shot and I mailed my pipes about my cigarette lighters and you know, all that crap, everything I'd need. Right. That's awesome. I put in those two flat rate boxes. I mailed to him and then I carried a backpack. Right. And I went, I think it was spirit or something. Yeah. Um, crappy by the way. Yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons I mailed it to him is when I was looking at it, I was looking at the lost baggage rate for spirit was like 6%. Oh. And I'm like, okay, if a, if a plane holds 200 people, that means they at lose on average 12 bags per plane. Like I'm not checking anything. with no. spirit. Like it ain't happening.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I keep air tags in my bags and even then I'm like, yeah, they're totally going to lose it someday. But I fly with guns everywhere I go, no matter what. And I think they're a little more careful with those.
0: Oh, it could be. That very well could be. I didn't think about uh, that aspect of it. Uh, Well, you probably don't carry everywhere. Well, you probably don't go too many places, though, do you, where you can't carry.
1: If I can't, like I don't, I probably don't need to go there. (laughs) Right.
0: Not making trips to uh, L.A. and and New York. No. Basically.
1: No. And when I did, I did drive through California, but we were, I was on with Brownells doing this uh, cross-country road trip. Mm-hmm. And I drove in to California with my gun and then I flew out of San Francisco with my gun, which was a little bit uh, nerve wracking, honestly. Right. But other than that, like I try to stay out of uh, places that hate the hate freedom.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, shift over a little bit to to products in the industry here as we're kind of starting to wind down, come toward the top of the hour. Uh, for 2023 and, and new products and not necessarily new products, because a lot of times what's old becomes new again. We know that, Mm -hmm. um, where do you think the trend is for 2023 on, on products in the industry and that sort of thing?
1: I think, uh, I think we're going to see a bunch of different things, but I think suppressors are going to continue to be one of our highest, highest growth areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, it seems like they've picked up steam and i don't see that stopping in fact i see it kind of growing almost every single day so suppressors i think um i think as components base components for ammunition become more available we'll see a resurgence in some of the smaller ammunition companies the pop-ups and things that are that are selling some uh, less expensive ammo and i have i've seen data to um to prove that as well I think we'll continue to see a resurgence of older things. I think Brownells really pushed hard with, um, their, their clone builds and some mm-hmm. of their, you know, throwback stuff, but also lever actions and tactical lever actions. And, um, yep. that, that stuff's just so popular, like so hot right now. And right. I think we continue to see that depending on where the brace stuff goes. Uh, I think that we True. will see a, a cottage industry, like kind of pop up to either, replace braces in some way, whether it's slings or something else, um, or, yeah. you know, or, or we'll see a resurgence in braces after hopefully that nonsense gets struck down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think retro stuff, I think old is cool type stuff, ammo stuff and suppressors will be where we see a lot of growth Yeah, and pistol caliber carbines, obviously when I talked about braces are part of that.
0: Right. Um, i see and i think i think we're still going to see the trend i'm i'm seeing metal kind of coming back and being popular um and i and i I think that maybe that's because we brought so many new firearm owners in Mm -hmm. and most of your small micro mini carry thing they're most of them are polymer right uh and they went out they've got those because they thought they needed them for self-protection they figured out they enjoyed you know, shooting sports and firearms. And now they're looking at prettier, I guess might be the word, right? Yeah. Prettier firearms and metal is where that's at. That is always yeah. has been right.
1: I agree. You know, when I first started, when I first got into guns, like I followed the same train that so many people follow, uh, I bought a gun, I hated it. I took it back, sold it back and bought a 1911. And then I was like, okay, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is what Two I love. World Wars, baby. Yeah. Uh, so I carried an officer model uh, Rock Island Armory 1911 for the first couple years of of my gun journey. Bought another couple 1911s, and I was like, the- "Why would anyone shoot anything but these?" Oh, and okay. uh, you know, I shot competition single stack with 1911s for several years, and then I sh- slowly started to discover that you know other things existed out there. But I think that just people want something substantial in their hand when, when they're talking about guns you perverts but uh i think that they kind of want that and the the metal guns they feel heavier and they feel more solid and there's just there's some kind of visceral reaction to that so i i, I agree with new yeah. gun owners come fancy metal guns
0: yeah and uh, you know back on the uh, back on the pistol brace thing so something that i seen at uh at NRA with global ordnance, They bring in, of course, the the um uh, grand power stuff, including the strabog right? Uh and the strybog is a super popular pistol. Uh it has been it's been very good for them. Um, but they've got the rifles now, the stribog rifles. <laughs> now I was not a fan, and this is all personal taste. I was not a fan of the strybog. I understand people love it, it's popular. Go with it if that's what you like. Um, But I really did. I really did. I really liked the the rifle configuration of that thing. Um, And then I found out that, okay, they're kind of doing that to hedge against the pistol brace thing and all that. But one thing I thought was really cool is they're offering the conversions. They're offering a rifle conversion for that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if other companies that have models that really hinge on those pistol braces end up kind of taking that same route and start offering, you know, Oh, okay. You know, if you can't have the brace, here's a stock, here's a 16 inch barrel, whatever. That way you can at least enjoy your, your firearm and be, if you want to be compliant put to you that way. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I hadn't seen the Strybog rifle. It it looks pretty, it looks, I really like it way more than I like the Strybog actually.
0: Well, that scar style stock, it's, yeah. it's tight, man. I mean, with the, uh, with the, kind of the skeletonized looking stock that they got on there, I'm not that huge of a fan. But the one they had at NRAM was, was it looked like a scar stock, and I, don't I think the, all. I think they could tweak on the rail, the extension, the handguard extension. I think they could probably tweak on that aesthetically a little more, something like that. But yeah, I like, I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like it.
0: Uh, snob out there. Uh, and I'm glad he brought this up. Thanks snob. He said, uh, you should have Sean speak for a minute about the win he helped secure in Colorado last week. Yeah. You guys have been having some fights up there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely talk about it. I want to start off by saying that I didn't help do anything. I played <laughs> my part as a citizen of Colorado and literally nothing more. And I'm not just trying to be humble. Like I did not do anything, but like show up. That That, yeah. that is it. So starting out like that yeah uh we have this uh we have this uh, anti-gun violence caucus here in colorado now because we are basically a blue state even though it's only boulder fort collins and and denver that are blue the rest of the the state is all red but somehow through gerrymandering they figured out a way to make a super majority here uh democratic super majority in all in all three branches here in colorado so the most recent nonsense that they introduced was an assault weapons ban, which made California and Illinois look like they were toys. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just brutal in, in its in its nonsense. So, sure. Rocky Mountain Gun Owners, which uh, they're an organization here uh, in Colorado, <coughs> and very much a uh, no nonsense, no infringements at all kind of kind of group. They really pushed hard uh, to have people show up and testify against the assault weapons ban. Uh, you could do it in three different ways. You could either show up there in the state Capitol. You could do it via zoom remotely from wherever you happen to be, or you could submit written testimony. Uh, I had a feeling that it was going to be crazy up there. So I chose to do the zoom testimony cause I mean, it, I didn't know how long it was going to be. It was the first time I'd done anything like this. Mm-hmm. And I just, I figured I'd rather be able to work at my office and then just to testify when I, when I needed to. So, it was very, very interesting. Uh, I'll start it kind of at the beginning, there were a ratio of six to one anti assault weapons ban to the people who favored it. Wow. That, that signed up to testify. Uh, so that's huge. That's great. And then they would have a five person, uh, five people for the assault weapons ban that were there. And then five people that were for the assault weapon ban, did remote testimony and every single person had two minutes, not no longer whatsoever. And so they would have the uh, four and then they would have the opposition. They would do the same thing, five and five. And they did that for hours, just two minutes at a time for hours and hours and hours. And then eventually all of the pro assault weapons ban people dwindled. And then it was just hours of opposition testimony. Uh, I sat right here for 13 hours that day before I got my two minutes. And wow. then I spoke from my heart about the two minutes. Uh, and then when I was done, I, I wanted to go home because it was it had been a really long day. And it, testimony went on for several more hours uh, of just people who opposed the assault weapons ban. And ultimately they decided, they took a vote. And this is in front of the House Judiciary Committee. That is a, I believe, 13 members and it is a democratic majority in that, in that committee. But even the Democrats need to remember that Colorado has a very large rural contingent and they will get voted out of office if they, if they try to take guns. So they voted uh six, seven and it failed. And then they voted again to table it indefinitely or reintroduce uh, in this session. And that, that passed to table it for good uh, at least for this session. So, okay. Yeah. It was a very interesting look into the uh, into this process, and it kind of woke up a monster in me because now I'm like looking for all the, all the gun stuff so I can testify as often as possible. Yeah, but it was easy, and I know people are scared to do it, and they think that writing emails and stuff works, but man, like being there, being a part of it, you realize that emails don't matter at all. Yeah. Sitting there looking at them in their damn eyes and talking from your heart matters.
0: Yeah, that's the least effective way, right? Uh, I mean, well, let me back up. The least effective way is the stupid petitions, you see.
1: <laughs> I think they run
0: around. That's you probably know, the least.
1: You know what's funny, though? Like, uh, Sorry to interrupt, but RMGO delivered a stack of petitions about a foot tall. And he said when he slapped that on their desks that it made a big impact. Really? Yeah, so RMGO, and you have to be careful because I know that not all the – supposed gun rights organizations do this but they print those petitions out like it's part of their budget and they deliver them to those politicians like ah, boom, okay, it okay. On so in that case hugely useful you just got to be sure that you're giving to organizations that actually do things instead of just talking about things yeah if
0: it's if it's tangible paper in hand yeah that's one thing but like a digital you know all too often it's just a yeah. list online type thing yeah um but, yeah, people will email. A phone call is better than an email. And showing up, that's the way to go.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're lucky here that we can do it remotely. Uh, I hope that that never, never changes. But uh-huh. it is it is huge. Because even the people that showed up, like uh, Moms Demand and their emotional histrionics, they, they ran out about maybe 6 o'clock that night. And we just had people just there up uh, in opposition over and over and over again
0: right yeah awesome uh let's uh let's shift gears here we're at the top of the hour so we need to get out of here but before we do can play a little game Sean
1: okay I'm, I'm go. gonna
0: give you I'm gonna give you a couple of choices and I don't care if you explain your answer or not but you had to pick one of the two okay so here we go flat dark earth or OD green
1: hmm I'm gonna say uh, I really like the combination of both of them, but if I had to pick one that I could only <laughs> have for the rest of my life, it would be a flat, dark earth because I live in Colorado, high desert, great camouflage. There you go.
0: Yeah. Uh, you'd rather watch UFC or WWE WWE. There
1: we go. I, don't, I don't really like UFC and I grew up on uh, wrestling.
0: <laughs> right. Um, uh, as far as working out, you prefer weights or cardio. You can't say Uh, neither now, so. Yeah, so I
1: prefer (laughs) cheeseburgers, but uh, (laughs) I think I prefer cardio overall, but let's be perfectly honest, I don't do either.
0: (laughs) Right, Um, and this one goes great with the last one. Pancakes or waffles?
1: (laughs) That is a very tough one. I do like both, but I think if I could only have one for the rest of my life, I'm just going to choose pancakes because... Yeah. Pancakes are delicious and they're pretty hard to mess up, but you can really mess a waffle up.
0: You can. I think you can. I think you're right. Uh, let's see. Uh, John Wayne or Clint Eastwood.
1: John Wayne. Yeah, my, uh, I, I grew up on John Wayne.
0: John Wayne. Yeah. Uh, rather have a Bronco or a Blazer.
1: Hmm. I think I'd rather have like an old Blazer.
0: Old Blazer. Now you're old enough. You might be able to do this. I got to be careful with some people asking this. <laughs> Miami Vice, or in the heat of the night.
1: Is that the one with Bruce Willis?
0: In the heat of the night was was um um Carol O'Connor, Archie, oh, Archie Bunker. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Miami Vice, I think was more more in. My, uh, Maybe they were on at the same time. I don't even know, but it was definitely more it's in my close. in my periphery. So I'm gonna yeah. say Miami Vice.
0: Miami Vice for our age, we were I think for the older generation, I think the generation above us would probably say in the heat of the night. Our generation yeah. is gonna say, I think Miami Vice. Here's a good one against Miami Vice, though. Miami Vice or Magnum PI. Magnum PI. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just right? me
1: wearing short shorts and helicopters with Higgins taking care of all my all, all my needs. I'm in
0: right uh do you prefer real books or audio books
1: oh uh well i hate real books but i do love reading and I, i'd say i do about 50 50, 50 uh reading to audiobook because i've got the uh, kindle thing from amazon so i read right. half the time and then when i'm driving i listen the other half of the time so their whisper sync is amazing so but yeah. i prefer to read if i could only do one
0: yeah, no, I got you. For me, it kind of depends on what it is. Like, I've got a bookshelf with books on it, but it's usually history and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like to listen, typically, if it's uh, a novel, if it's a science fiction novel or something like that, I'll listen.
1: But, yeah, that totally makes uh, sense.
0: Yeah. Josh out there, valid, valid points is my head advice because of the brand 10, no contest. So that's fair. Yeah.
1: Stuff. fair Plus, enough. you know, I always wanted to be a drug kingpin. Uh, right right maybe i got the the wrong thing out of that show but
0: the 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 colorful suits i mean come on (laughs) right the ferraris come on like yeah absolutely hard to beat um sean give you a a couple of minutes a minute couple minutes take however much time you need honestly uh where can people find you guys what are you guys coming up where you got uh where can people find you follow you take part in all the nonsense that is we like shooting
1: yeah, I think, uh, you can search for, we like shooting in, uh, any podcast thing and it, it'll come up, but you can find us at our website. We like Uh, I, you know, we do four shows. Uh, we do double tap. We like shooting unloaded, which is our interview. And then master of none, which is kind of a, uh, we do a season thing where we just go through books, like a hundred wow. deadly skills by Clint Emerson and talk about them. So yeah, uh, at our website. Uh, is a great place you can keep up with the video reviews which i think are some of the best in the industry uh as far as brevity and efficiency and filming and and humor uh at, at dangerous freedom on youtube and um or of course the firearms radio network FirearmsRadio.net. Uh, we're we out there
0: yep you certainly are thanks bro for uh for joining us here for about an hour dude had thanks fun appreciate it i'll get you back on hopefully in the uh in the near future
1: Sounds good, buddy. I appreciate everything, uh, by
0: bet. the way. And uh, so, yeah, with that, let's uh, let's close this thing out. Uh, and in doing that, just a, a quick reminder, uh, capegunworks.com. Go check them out. Uh, code uh, CloverTac. And uh, the uh, power sponsor for the CloverTac podcast, mtmcase-guard.com. All kinds of cool stuff. You will not regret it. And if you use CloverTac, you'll get 10% off there. Uh, thanks to the YouTube channel members, the Patreon patrons, those at shop CloverTech.com slash shop. You know the drill. Uh, next week, our girl Gabby Franco going to be in the house. We've got Kyle from Anderson going to be in the house. And then after that, we got one more week of the early twenty-three season and we'll be uh starting to schedule and try to work out the late season so uh for those that are live thanks for all the questions and the engagement out there we appreciate it if you're on replay remember you can continue the conversation uh down below Uh, for those that uh, are live or listening to this on the thursday that uh, we're recording or maybe the friday have a great weekend uh we will uh see you next week on the podcast till then don't forget to change by freedom
1: we appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertac.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CloverTack Podcast.